Stephanie Coxon. And I'm Kathy Anderson Martin. And we are two women influencing real life. So let's twirl. Are you struggling to stay organized? Is your house slowly building up an armory of unused products that you feel for sure that one day you will use? Do you have three different hammers because you lost the first two? They just disappeared. Organization helps with mental clarity, relaxation, but most of all, it will save you money. I am Stephanie Coxon. And I'm Kathy Anderson Martin. And we are two women inspiring real life. So let's twirl. Well, in today's chaotic world, it's wonderful to know that we can have peace of mind and control what's happening within our own homes and our own spaces. And uh, that mental clarity is worth everything in a world of chaos. So today we have a special guest with us today. We have Carolina Harvey. Carolina is the owner of Cure the Clutter, a personal organizing company, and she does a lot of wonderful things in that capacity. And she's also an advisor on A&E's Hoarders, and I'm sure we'll have lots to share about that as well. So welcome, Carolina. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. So, um, you know, this is, uh, again, there's a lot of chaos in the world, but we can't control all of the things happening, but we can control what happens within our own lives and homes. So share a little bit about what you do and why that's so important as we kick off and and, and within your firm and and also on hoarders. Absolutely. So I'm a professional organizer and uh, I work with clients Uh, all over central Pennsylvania, uh, and I have had the honor over the last four seasons uh, of the Hoarders uh, TV show on A&E to work with uh, clients all over the United States. Uh, So Texas, California, Florida, so the edges of the U.S. even. Uh, So it's been such a blessing to be able to work with people that, uh, you know, struggle with something that a lot of people struggle with and in the dark. You know, they don't share it. A lot of people don't know it, but there are indicators uh, that I see that I know that I've identified over the years of working with hoarders that you can tell that they're struggling with hoarding disorder. I think one of the biggest things that people notice that's easier to notice is like a car. You know, when you see a full car, they probably struggle with hoarding disorder. But some people that struggle with hoarding disorder hide it a lot better. But Hoarders, um, people that struggle with hoarding disorder are not the only people I work with. I actually work with moms. I work with small business owners. Um, I actually work with companies uh, in the central Pennsylvania area. You know, it's it's funny that you say there's identifiers. I always get nervous talking to like psychiatrists or psychologists thinking like they're judging me, like trying to like, you know, (laughs) figure out what what my problem is. And now I'm going to do that with you. Like, are you identifying me as a potential problem? No. (laughs) That's what I want to know. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people, I feel like a lot of people, when I go into their homes, they're like, don't look. I actually don't pay attention to anything except what my clients or my friends ask me to pay attention to. If I'm there to be your friend, I'm not looking at anything else but you. I don't know that I believe that, but okay. No, I'm not. I don't either. But it's the truth. It's the truth. There's certainly a spectrum with this. As you mentioned, you go from the people that you're going into the home, a mom who's just overwhelmed and, you know, stuff's gotten out of control, or at least you feel like it's out of control in your home to someone who suffers from a legitimate serious disorder. So I guess we should probably start and work through the spectrum. Uh, Is that probably a good choice? Probably. I mean, I am curious and I don't know, do you know, like, 
the percentage of people who could be an actual hoarder versus those of us who are just looking for a little bit of extra help because we may be a little disorganized, not me. Yeah. So in, in the United States today, there's about 15 million people that struggle with hoarding disorder. That's oh. what we know about. Wow. So has if, that if increased a, over the years? Sorry. Um, no, it's been, I mean, it, it, it's, I think it's always increasing. Um, I think COVID has made it more difficult because people were at home. Um, so I think, you know, it is a lot of people, but people re don't recognize it. Um, they don't see it. There are things when you look at people that struggle with hoarding disorder, if you see their blinds drawn in their home and you see boxes or items stacked up that are visible through the window that would be someone that would struggle with hoarding disorder um you see packages or boxes and that kind of thing on their stoop or in the front of their or in front of their door that would be someone that might be struggling with hoarding disorder but then we also i also work with people that are moms um, that stay home. I work with moms that work. I work with small bus business owners that run businesses out of their homes, or I work with small businesses that, you know, need filing or need organization with their time schedule, those kinds of things. So there is a really huge spectrum, um, but I would say the percentage of my business that I work with, um, that people that struggle with hoarding disorders, about 10%. So 90% don't you know, um, and I think you mentioned a little bit about a hoarding tendency, right? Like what kind of people struggle or look, you, you're, you're worried about what could be a hoarding tendency. Like what, I'm a collector, I like to keep all of these things. I think there's a hoarding scale and people that are struggling with hoarding disorder and it's more severe, they actually don't have access to their washer and dryer. They don't have access to their kitchen sink. They don't have access to their bathroom or to their toilet. They don't have access to their bed. So there are things um, in their spaces that they cannot use. That is definitely someone that's struggling with hoarding disorder. Yeah, I, I, I just, um, you know, I watched your show and those, uh, and, and I just don't understand it. And I guess a lot of people listening, like, I just don't get that. I mean, I, you know, I'll stack magazines up or do something like that. But I, when I see the show and that level of, like you say, can't have access to their bathroom, but just continue like that. I just, can you share, like, what's the mental, I, I, you know, what's behind all of that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'll share it from a professional organizer, uh, you know, position. Um, obviously there's a therapist that's on the show that identifies specifically with that person. What's the trauma or what are the struggles that that person is struggling with? Um, but usually it's some kind of trauma, something life altering events um, or several um, considerable amount of loss, um, abuse um, in childhood. So there's a lot of things that trigger it um, that just, it, you know, you can't come back from. They had a really they have a really hard time with. So, you know, when they're in that situation, it doesn't usually start like that. It starts small, like it's one room and one area and then it grows to the next area because they can't get it under control and they feel overwhelmed and then they keep letting it go they just don't they don't recognize that it's spreading until then everything's full and they realize oh my goodness i can't how do i do this i can't even and i'm so embarrassed who do i tell who do i talk to who do i communicate with and i think the first i say the first line of defense is not a professional organizer it is a therapist them seeking someone out to talk about what took them there because you're a, a professional organizer is very helpful, but we are more of a band-aid. We, when we work with a therapist, 
I think then we can actually deal with the problems um, more head on. A therapist can deal with the trauma that got them there. And then an organizer can actually do the physical space. So really for this show, for us to be able to help the most people, we're really dealing with the people who could just use some organizational tips because the people who are actually dealing with the hoarders are not going to get therapy on our show. No, <laughs> they are not. <laughs> I, and I could personally use some tips. Um, my, you know, my um, family, our basement is where our adult children have put all of their things when they came home from college or cleaned out their rooms over the course of 20 years. And um, my husband and I joke, we've been married 26 years. And we always say the thing that prevents divorce is the fact that we look in that basement and say, if we get divorced, we got to totally clean that thing out. And <laughs> then we just work out our differences. But we did work on the basement with the adult children recently. And three really? people, when I said we were cleaning the basement, three people asked me, are you getting divorced? So I don't, I don't <laughs> oh my know. Goodness. I know. No I know because I've told that joke and now everybody thinks it's true. So, you know, that is Stephanie, a great point that we need to start. Like, where does, where does it start with a lot of us can probably use tips on. Absolutely. I mean, and the mental health that comes from an organized space. Yeah. yeah. Cause there's all, there's a, actually a lot of data that supports like when you, when you have less clutter mentally, you're doing better, you're functioning better, you're more productive, just all around. It's very helpful for people. And there's been some, you know, a, a big trend in this area of just decluttering. And I know for myself, one of my biggest areas of clutter, really, I love uh, clothes, shoes, bags, like, that's my thing. My husband, well, I don't want to say online what my husband collects, but I tend to collect clothes, shoes and bags. And I'm, I feel like I need my own house just for that stuff. The rest of the stuff I don't care, but that I struggle with. Yeah. So is that where we're starting? That's not my thing, but I guess that's well, where we'll start. <laughs> well, I'll say that I have three organizing tips. So I have three, you know, you don't know where to start. You don't know what to do. Uh, a professional organizer, you know, you, you, it's tough to like have someone come in. You're really busy, whatever it is that you might do. If you want to start somewhere, um, I have three organizing tips. So first is start small. Start with a smaller project. Don't start with your entire closet, Stephanie. Don't do it because you're gonna be frustrated. It's such a mag, uh, such a such a large project. It's such a of such great magnitude. You know, if that's the one thing that you struggle with, I actually wouldn't start there either because that's probably the thing that's gonna be hardest for you. Right? I'm so gonna I start big. I'm going to tell my husband that I'm going to let him know I have permission to continue with my, I my... didn't say that. I didn't say you have permission. It's okay. He doesn't listen to this. So we're good. Go ahead. Hilarious. And she's not a therapist. This is organizing tips. That's right. This is organizing therapist. for right. sure. Yep. So start, start small, uh, start with a junk drawer, start with a linen closet, start just with a smaller space. Um, second is don't and buy anything I, before you go ahead. Can I yeah. say one thing? Uh, something you said there was very interesting. Don't start with the closet because she said, that's my thing, the collecting the shoes and thing, because that's going to be the hardest thing to let go, right? Correct. So you're ramping up Correct. to your hard Correct. things. Okay. Yes. It's not hard to let go. It's hard to find shoes that are that comfortable and you never know what you're going to get until you wear them. Bring for like out a the week. therapist. She's already rationalizing, but please continue, Carolina. <laughs> You know, I will say that people we do we do have conversations with people, um, but I think our goal is to continue to point them to finding someone, you know, to talk about it, to, to work through some of those details. Um, but from a space standpoint, I would say the second uh, 
second thing I would recommend is don't buy anything before you get started. People get so excited, even when they hire me and I'm going to come in, they start to buy bins and baskets and all these things. Don't do that because often we can use what you already have. Or if you let go of things and you've purchased containers that will fit all those things, now you've overbought. So I say don't buy before you purge, before you do the purge and sorting stage. And then number three is uh, work when you are the sharpest. So if you're a morning person, that's when you should do a project like this. If you're an afternoon person, evening person, just work when you feel the sharpest. Do you have a suggestion when you're starting how long you should work? Um, you know, if you're getting, if you say start with a junk drawer, like, is it, you know, I'm going to dedicate this whole day to this, or is this just, you know, work within certain time limits? Yeah. So I would also work within what you can, what your capacity is. Like if you only have two hours, set a timer and set a timer for two hours and only do two hours. So I would make sure that your, your, um, I would make sure that your project matches the time that you have. So if you have two hours, then you have enough time to do the project that you're looking at. If you don't have enough time, then pick something else. Can I add a comment to that? Because I think it's something that's very relevant to today. I was actually watching a documentary just on, um, you know, productivity and what actually happens in our mind. Mm -hmm. And one of my kind of tricks that I do that I know drives everyone insane is that I put my phone away. And the reason for that is because every three to five minutes, the average person will get distracted by their phone or something else. And in order for you to stay focused, you really have to like, but if I set a timer, I don't have to look at my phone, right? Because I don't need to pay attention to the time. And I think that's a huge key for people because you will distract yourself and you'll end up getting hardly anything done. Absolutely. Yeah. I think actually when people are doing a project like that and you want to not be distracted, I actually would not answer email. I would not look at your phone. I would not answer your house phone and let the people closest to you say no let the people closest to you know that you are working on a project you are doing something so you're not going to be able to respond so yes absolutely i encourage you know, that your first three step tips it, it, there's a theme with these kinds of things a few weeks ago we had a nutritionist or a health coach and uh, a physical uh, fitness person on talking about new year's resolutions with you know diet and weight loss and fitness and it's the same kind of thing that you're saying to start small, you know, to have a realistic goal, because I think we get overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. I know I do that. Like, oh, mm -hmm. my word, there's one drawer after another after another. But you have to, uh, is that kind of just to that psychological, like, okay, I accomplished the junk drawer. Now we go on to number two. Yeah, it actually encourages you to keep going. You know, if you fail at the first task, it's harder to keep going. So I think if you start small, you can encourage yourself to keep keep organizing and keep decluttering. And I did exactly what you said not to do in tip number two. When we decided to tackle our basement, I went out and bought um, special plastic bins and things to get all excited to do that. So um, sure. I and I said we're going to do the whole basement. So I kind of fell down between tip one and two. <laughs> and, no. and I was answering my phone and text the entire time. So. I love that you got excited. Like that was your excitement is if you buy bins, you're going to get excited about cleaning the basement. Well, yeah. I buy athletic clothes to get excited about working out. Well, <laughs> and I made the two adult children commit two hours. I said, that's all we have to do two hours on a Sunday right. afternoon to do right. what we can. But I, I right. thank you because you reset me for what we have to do for the next half. Cause I, 
I messed up. So, yeah. Well, I, so I, what I will say is in a garage, in a basement, you almost always know that you're going to be containerizing things. I know that's not even a word, but I made it a word. Uh, but you're going to be containerizing things. You're going to be putting things into bins because you're going to keep them, whether it's memorabilia, whether it's, you know, childhood toys, whether it's, you know, supplies that you need for the future, that kind of thing. So I get why you did it, Kathy. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Um, I would say, you know, if you can kind of look at your basement or look at the garage at a storage area and know you're going to need bins, I think that's okay. Wait. Can uh, sorry, I need to backtrack a little bit because this sure. is not leaving my mind. I would like to know the identifier so that I know I'm not becoming a hoarder. Oh, so let's just start. Like I, I, I got the car. I got the car. My car is clean. My car. <laughs> if you're asking that question, that's probably a good uh, indication you're not. Is that correct? You right. actually right. Yes, Kathy, you are 100 percent correct. Most people that struggle with hoarding disorder have a really hard time admitting that they actually are. Um, so I think if you're asking and you're worried, um, the likelihood is that you're not, I'm not saying you're not, but the likelihood is that you're not, the well, fact I, that you're conscious of it is actually a really good thing that you're thinking about that is a really good thing. Well, and I, I'm also curious cause I'm keeping an eye on one of my children. You know, I do have a lot of children and I'd like to know where they're, they're heading in the hoarding world. So what, so give me some more stuff to work with here. Sure. So I think with um, children, with children, what's going, uh, you know, when you're working with children, I have, I've actually worked with clients and some clients actually say to me that they want to um, like take stuff from children and then just throw it away or hide it without them seeing. I discourage that. Um, I think it's really important to have them be involved and part of the process so that you don't sneak things or don't take things without them feeling like they um, don't have control of it just like an adult wouldn't have control of it a child's going to feel the same way uh, but you know you're still the parent you still lead it you still talk them through it you still work them through it uh, but i would encourage the year the parents to actually work through it with their child but don't work through it right after they get home from school and you know they're super hungry and they want a snack. Um, don't work through it when they're really exhausted. You know, don't work through it in times that don't work. You know, talk talk to the child, set up a time just like Kathy did with her adult children and work through, you know, the stack of papers at the end of, you know, end of the school year. Uh, you know, the projects that they're bringing home, their dioramas, <laughs> those shoeboxes that are gigantic and take up a ton of space. Work through those uh, things with them. Don't just do it behind their back. Here's the thing I struggle with. And um, so we were cleaning that basement. And of course, there's a lot of stuff from, you know, 25 years of uh, being a family of, you know, stuff, memorabilia, cards, greeting cards. And I think two things we threw away, like my husband pulled out a um, plastic bag and it said 2011. And it's all the cards that we got in 2011, which I had sure. at some point put in nice little Ziploc bags and we pitched it. And my daughter, we found all of her school records and she's like, I don't want any remembers that throw it away. I said, oh, you won't you want to see? And we were reading some of the comments mm -hmm. and laughing. She's like, no, toss it. That's the thing I struggle with. Like, do I, am I going to want this? Or, but it, really, what purpose does it serve sitting in the basement? I, I think this might be an identifier. Let's talk about that. <laughs> it was in a, a nice Ziploc bag, I just want to say. But go on. Yeah. 
So I think the question here is, do I have permission to keep this? <laughs> is really the question and the, the answer to that is yes you do have permission to keep it if you have the space if you don't have the space then you have to make some hard decisions you know if you have three bins of memorabilia of your kids and you really only have space for one then you have some hard decisions to make does that make sense so what i heard is that we need to go purchase large houses <laughs> to accommodate our feelings i feel like not what i said <laughs> Correctly. Totally. Go back to the um, tendencies because uh, I don't feel that she's making progress during this. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I think, you know, a lot of Kathy, you're not alone. And I think in a lot of things that you're talking about, you know, Stephanie, you are not alone as well. Uh, people struggle with some of those things. Like, I really like my clothes and shoes. I really like my art supplies, my yarn, you know, my scrapbooking supplies. I really want to keep some of my kids' memories. Um, I think those things are all good. Here's a thing that can help you take up less space. Um, I, when I think of kids' memories and that kind of thing, taking a photo, making a photo book. And so then you're taking an entire bin or two bins and putting it into a photo book and then you're done. You can let go of all the items. That's up to you, but I think that that's a great way to reduce the space that it takes up. But my photos are stuck in iCloud heaven. <laughs> I don't even know what iCloud is. Like, it's like I, I used to be really good at doing that whole photo thing, sure. but now it's like it's all stuck electronically. And I will say this, I do believe I am an electronic hoarder and I do not know how to do that because I can't find the stuff I'm saving anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, you know, similar to how I organize people's spaces, I do help people organize their electronic spaces as well. Uh, sometimes it's email, you know, people have 10,000 emails, you know, and here, here's a confession from me. I rarely delete emails, especially important ones, junk I'm, I have no trouble with, but I keep them because there are times I do go back to them because they take up little space for me when I think about um emails does that make sense so i feel like it's okay to you know collect certain things if you have the space for it but when you're thinking about what you're talking about i think it's really important to assess just assess where you're at what's going on and if you want to um, keep something you can always find ways to um you know pare it down like i said like a photo book you know that photo book idea gives me stress because i have so many things with like i hate well, she, she's anti-scrapbooking. Yeah. We should all know that. I, and, yeah. if, and if there are people out there that are scrapbookers, I do apologize. I'm not dissing anybody. It's just not my thing. But I have all these things with like stuff stuffed in an album that I think I'm going to put that in a book and I just never get to it because why, I don't like to do it. Why don't we scrapbook together, Kathy? <laughs> I, then she'll gain a love for it, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I'm at that place, but we'll work on it. Just like organic foods. We'll work on it. <laughs> there back. are people that will do it for you. So you could send it off and have it done for you. So, so to recap, start simple. Don't buy anything until you get started. And, until you purge. Mm -hmm. Yes. And the third one again, to work um, when, you are your sharpest. Out when you're sharpest in a time and within a time frame. Absolutely. Yeah. On that note, let's take a quick break and then we'll come back and continue this conversation. Sounds good. America Out Loud talk radio plays on the iHeartRadio network. You can also listen on our media player from any web browser anywhere in the world. We have the best in-class apps available on Apple, Android, and Alexa, where we stream 24-7. And now you can also hear them on the podcast on those same apps. 
You can find out more about our shows and get all the latest podcasts if you go to the menu nav bar at americaoutloud.news under our shows or schedule. You'll be in the know. Cofix RX Nasal Solution has completed the circle and is now offering throat spray with povidone iodine. That completes the protocol doctors like Peter McCullough recommend. If staying healthy is important, you'll want to make sure to add throat spray to your next order of Cofix RX. For a limited time and exclusive for America Out Loud listeners only, you can save 25% off your entire order. Let's double down against colds, flus, strep, RSV, HRV, COVID, and more. Click the banner or go to America Out Loud shop to get 25% off your entire order. Use coupon code OUTLOUD25. That's coupon code OUTLOUD25. This is Jody O'Malley with Nurses Out Loud. Did you know our body is made up of trillions of cells and inside each cell, redox signaling molecules are produced? These molecules hold a sacred place in chemistry because as we age, the vital communication of our immune system to keep our bodies free from harmful bacteria, viruses, and toxins become less efficient. For the first time ever, ASEA brings you the power of these molecules in a convenient and potent form to provide your body with the essential support it needs to thrive. Ever since I toured their facility, I take two ounces in the morning and evening, and my vitality and energy has been restored at a time I needed it the most. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get your exclusive 15% discount by using the code out loud. The buildup of spike proteins is dangerous to your health. Global Healing's foreign protein cleanse detoxes your body, removing the spike proteins, allowing your body to repair from within. Formulated by Dr. Edward Group and by Dr. Brian Artis, foreign protein cleanse targets and detoxes spike proteins in the body. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get 15% off using the code OUTLOUD. Global healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company launched the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. Be a part of a revolutionary new healthcare system that puts your health and well-being above the interests of Big Pharma's bottom line. It's the way healthcare should be. Go to outloudcare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. You wouldn't go a day without brushing your teeth or washing your hands. What about washing your nose? I mean, your nose does filter the air you breathe, air loaded with bacteria, viruses, and irritants. Make nasal hygiene part of your routine with Clear. No messy bottles to fill, no drowning sensation. Clear is a natural drug-free saline with the added benefit of xylitol, which blocks bacterial and viral adhesion. Available in stores and online at clear.com. That is X-L-E-A-R.com. With the rise of independent media, we are now America Out Loud News. For the genius of the United States is not found in its executives or legislatures, nor its ambassadors, authors, colleges, or churches, nor even in its newspapers or inventors. The genius of the United States is we the people. AmericaOutloud.news. Liberty and justice for all. 
right back with Carolina and uh, she gave us some tips, all of us who can benefit from three tips to get started on our organizing our spaces. And um, so where do we go from there, Carolina? And <clears throat> excuse me, I'd like to get back, of course, to we somehow veered into my basement issues when we started out with Stephanie's extremely cluttered uh, closet <laughs> with shoes and clothing. So I'd like to get back to that. So where do we go from there? We have our three steps. We did the junk drawer. Now what do we do? No, no, no. Here, what does Stephanie here, do? No, I think that it's for everyone in America. These freaking, excuse my language, cords, cords to all the electronics. <laughs> like I did that when we were doing the basement. I held up this mango, this big thing of cords, and I said, "Do we need any of these?" Yes. Yeah. Help us. What do yeah. we do in America? <laughs> everything is rechargeable. Everything needs to be plugged in. I know. She deflected, it's so true. She deflected from her. Uh, I know. <laughs> she closet. did. I noticed yeah. that. I, I did notice that. Out, I am looking out for every American and really everyone in the world who has the same issue of these these sure. electronic devices <laughs> and that... how she turned it into saving america yeah yes. i know we are yeah. saving america today <laughs> well cords are a huge issue in every household i was working with a client last week and the box was like an extra large like packing box i mean it was like to my thigh it was so full of cords so how you hand i think how you handle cords when you have when once you once you have that pile of cords and you know it doesn't go to anything in the home you want to recycle it <laughs> that's what i would encourage there's actually copper in that um and there's most places um don't show the drug out <laughs> most places all over the US, you can actually recycle these cords and make a little money from it. It's not much. It's pennies, maybe a couple dollars, um, but definitely recycle them. We call it e-waste um, and it's better to get rid of that more responsibly rather than just throw it in the, um, you know, in the dump. That's but uh, for the what, extra cost of my eggs. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so, so what I, how I would encourage you to handle your cords when they come in, um, there's actually a, a two parts to this that I think about when you get a new electronic or a new uh, toy <laughs> when you come into the house, because we have so many electronics today compared to what we did, you know, 10, 15 years ago. Uh, everyone has a phone, even kids have phones, mine don't, but um, even kids have phones. My little ones don't, my older ones do, but the um when the electronic comes in i actually would tag the cord i would tag the cord with a label or you know if you've ever seen um the end of you know when you uh those twist things for bread the little plastic uh things that close up bread you can take one of those write what it is on it and put it on the end of that cord or you can do a label um a, you know, from a label maker or something and stick it on the end of that cord to say what it goes to you know if it's an iphone 14 or a samsung 20 i would put that on the actual cord and then you also have paperwork that comes with that right you have paperwork that comes with that phone or that uh, that electronic a warranty that came with that item what i would do is take your original receipt and staple it to that or connect it to that particular um to that particular uh, um warranty card or warranty book and then when if you have an issue and the item breaks and you you're still within that warranty period the first thing they're going to ask you is when did you buy it and how much did you pay for it and you have them together you know, um, with the cords, the then the other part of that, and I know the corner of my basement is this, is electronics, like monitors, old computers, laptops, um, you know, that I'm afraid you can't just throw it in the trash. And I'm afraid, you know, with the hard drive. And when we were doing the basement, I'm like, well, don't touch that. I don't know what we, I don't know what to do with it. You know, sure. now at this point, it's probably a, 
you know, a, a trunk load of stuff. And I don't know what, what to do with all that um, stuff. Yeah. I mean, you guys are local to me, so I can actually share things with you, companies with you offline um, that are easy to go to. But I would, for anybody that's listening outside of Pennsylvania, um, I would actually search in your area for scrap, scrap metal recyclers. Um, and those scrap metal recyclers often will pay you for those items. There's also townships um, and counties where you live too that do e-waste recycling. Um, sometimes they have free recycling days and that kind of thing where you can take your e-waste. Some places charge, um, even in Pennsylvania here, some places charge, uh, but I would encourage you to search for a place that can get rid of e-waste. And when you were talking about your computer, um, I think pulling your hard drive out is really important. Um, so finding where that hard drive is, and if you don't know where it is take it to a professional there are professionals um you know computer professionals that can take the hard drive out and then sometimes they'll even take the computer for you uh you know at no charge and then you can keep the hard drive when what you want to do with the hard drive is you want to beat beat it up you know you want to hammer it um it's a, a great way to do maybe a little bit of your own therapy and <laughs> go off on your uh, on your hard drive but beat it up and then it you know it can be it can be trashed it's like hillary clinton oh Hillary Clinton yeah. <laughs> destroying her hard drive. Oh, <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> just joking. Don't know anything about that. I don't want to be off. Okay, uh, go ahead. No, that that's good advice because that, that again, I struggle. When you as soon as, and you went right there when you said take out the hard drive, I'm like, I don't know where the hard drive is in my head. But you're right. You have to go find someone that can help you because that's something. It's almost like when I was doing the basement. You know, I had boxes of tax tax support and backup back to 2011 and i don't what right. is the time frame um you know for keeping tax records i was i went yeah. by seven years but i didn't throw any of them away because i think i need a shredder <laughs> you right? do you yeah. should definitely shred all your tax documentation anything that has your social security number on it you should absolutely shred it um i actually say that's one of the things that i encourage people to invest in if i if a client hires me to do paper I do say to them, I do want you to buy something before we get started, and that would be a shredder. Um, so that's something that I would definitely encourage. Uh, but if you don't have a shredder, I would find a local shredding company to do that. As far as time goes, I say ask your tax preparer per first because they're the ones that know your situation the best. So ask your tax preparer. Most of the time, what they'll, what I have identified them to say is is three years for personal taxes and seven for business uh, because that's the amount of time that the government can actually audit you so for a personal tax um, the government can audit you up to three years and for a professional um, or a business tax they can audit you up to seven years so i would do three and seven but check with your tax preparer they know your situation the best well and you know as we talk about these things uh you know, it's practical advice for living better and so forth. But there are, as we started talking about, a lot of um, I, this is the age of mental health issues and so forth. And we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about the hoarding uh, mental health disorder. But just the practical benefits of this, when you go and help someone do these kinds of things, what do they come back and say? You know, how, how do they feel? What 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 impact does it have on their lives, whether it's daily living or mental health? Yeah, so I think it really depends on what I'm helping them with. If I'm helping them with 
there, I, I call it the front log and backlog. Uh, and so if I'm helping them with their front log, developing systems and that kind of thing, that usually really impacts their everyday life. So I'm helping them deal with paper instead of the mail coming in and landing on a kitchen counter, it's landing somewhere else, you know, in a system. If I'm helping them deal with their backlog, usually, um, they're you know they're excited because it's a project they've been trying to work on for years you know something that they haven't addressed that they really want to address uh like i've been working with a client who you know is trying to downsize and that's happening a lot you know people are trying to downsize into smaller spaces or they're getting older um and they don't you know they don't need a house that has four or five bedrooms because their kids are all grown and out of the house you know they really want to downsize um so working through that basement with them was really exciting to them because I was able to actually take things away. We took donations away, we took trash away, we took recycling away. Um, and so I think it really, it depends on, you know, what they're hiring me for, but that's usually how I kind of separate it. Am I developing systems for them or am I dealing with projects that are from the past that they're, you know, they've been wanting to work on usually you know when i leave they're pretty excited because whatever that is we've accomplished um you know that's what they hired me for you know one of the best um perspective lessons in my life uh, years ago when our kids were little um i worked for a retirement community mm -hmm. and um they had a thing they had all the different uh systems of care from personal care nursing care and then an independent living sure. and they decided that you know people would um move out of the independent living and they have an apartment full of stuff and the family would take three or four things and then didn't want it. So we had to get rid of it. So we had a yard sale and, mm -hmm. you know, with all this stuff, cause people would come in and buy it and we could earn some money for the benevolent care needs of the community. Mm -hmm. And sure. um, one time, and this has been something I think about all the time because the stuff is stuff, but we, um, there was a Winnie the Pooh cookie jar that was some kind of antique. Uh, the whole family thought it was worth all this money. And the family fought over it to the point of a fractured family. Oh, and um, because of who got this thing, the people passed away. I was standing there and I'm like, put it on the yard sale table, 50 bucks, whatever. And that was like this aha moment for me, because regardless, here I am. I don't know these people kind of from Adam. An entire family has been fractured over this cookie jar. And I, someone who doesn't know them, is putting it on a yard sale table. So my mantra in life has become, it's always, it's going to end up on a yard sale table, <laughs> yeah. you know, versus the attachment to stuff. And do you see that with people with a, just an overwhelming attachment to stuff, which is another whole issue? Yeah, I mean, these days. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. People definitely struggle. I mean, I would say I struggle, you know, with certain components of things too. Like there are things like my son has, you know, a handprint from kindergarten. I love that. I'm going to keep it. And that's okay to keep some of that stuff. Uh, but I think when it, when it interferes with your daily life um, and it interferes with your ability to function, then you need to assess. You really need to look at why it is that you're keeping that and asking yourself questions. You know, my post for today is um, on my social media um, post is going to be five questions that you should ask yourself. Um, and I think it's really important to ask yourself those questions. I would check out um, the post, you know, um, it'll be uh, on Monday, the, the 15th. So I, I think it's really important to ask yourself, you know, why am I keeping this? Um, how long have I, you know, had it? Do I use it? Have I used it in the last year? Have I used it in the last six months? Uh, I think analyzing and asking yourself those questions stops you from continuing to collect if you're being honest and truly assessing with yourself. And um, so that's what Stephanie could ask herself about those shoes in her closet, Absolutely. correct? 
Absolutely. Well, and you know, like you right now, Kathy, I'm trying to help her, Carolina. I'm just trying to help her with this. Uh, that's what friends do. Friends help, right? Thank you. Thank you. I'm You're a helper. Welcome. I'm a helper. <laughs> yep. We all like to be helpers, but I think those, those are good things to ask yourself, you know, um, Steph, I, you know, have you worn those shoes in a year or are they really specialty shoes? Are they more memorabilia shoes? Like you don't want to get rid of them because you know, they have great memories. That's okay too as long as you have the space. My great memory shoes wear out and then I get them fixed and wear them some more. <laughs> that is the nice thing about shoes. You can get them repaired. That's right. So, um, I mean, these are great tips and, you know, it's both sides. You're giving us, you know, um, get, get rid of things, but also permission to keep things that are meaningful to Absolutely. you. Yeah. Um, appreciate that, you know, with people where this goes another, um, I mean, the hoarders stuff just is fascinating to me. I watch the show and I, cause I guess, you know, what, what's the attraction for us to watch those shows? I mean, it's obviously got a huge following and it's popular yeah. television. So yeah. why do people, why are people drawn to watching that and, and yeah. watching that play out? Yeah, I think it's several reasons. I think some families struggle with family members that have, um, you know, hoarding disorder and they want to know how to handle it, like how to walk through it with them. You know, their their aging parents are going through that. I've heard parents say, um, you know, personally and also on the show say, you know what, my kids will just deal with it when I die. That is, I discourage that. I think that is not a great way to handle it. I would encourage them to seek therapy and then figure out how to address it because that's not, that's completely unfair um, to the children. But I think another component um, of it and why people are fascinated by it is they, they feel better about themselves <laughs> because they see this situation and they think it's really hard and they're like, well, at least I'm not in that situation. Uh, you know, I, you know, I think the desire for the show is to help people, um, to communicate, you know, that they're not alone. Um, I think, you know, when people struggle, share their struggles, I think people want to know they're not alone. Um, and I think that's what the show does um, for family members or people that struggle with hoarding disorder. Um, I'm actually working with someone that struggles uh, with hoarding disorder and is kind of like recovering. She's doing a phenomenal job. She went from struggling with hoarding disorder to a tiny house, which it's extraordinary. What extremes, right? Um, there is also, um, you know, we started filming a new show um, that's attached to hoarders. It's called Where Are They Now? And one of the episodes on there, uh, the show is reaching back to season two. That's about all I can give you. But they're reaching back to season two. And wow, what a transformation this person has made over the years, over a decade. Um, so, uh, you know, people can, you know, uh, beat this, you know, and can walk through this and come out on the other side better. Uh, but it does take a lot of work. And I think people are attracted to, you know, people seeing people fall, but then also seeing like them rise up and grow and do better and uh, change. You know, I think people are always excited about that. How did you get into this? Like, where does that passion come from? Because honestly, I would not do well doing what no, you do. I'd be like, and it's not for you. Just throw for it out. Sure. Like, yes, I yes. couldn't handle I'm it. I'm like, oh, I can't go in there. So, yeah. <laughs> so where yeah. did you like, how did you get to this point to be able to help right. people and not, you know, lose it? Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a really extraordinary, like, um, opportunity for me to help a population that people do run from. Uh, you know, people don't, it's, it's hard and it can be overwhelming. I, you know, I think one thing that I feel super blessed about is that I don't feel overwhelmed. I do feel like, you know, I, I feel, uh, thankful to be able to do it, excited to help them and excited to help them have, you know, a brighter future. I think people, a lot of people that struggle with this hoarding disorder struggle because they don't feel good enough. They don't feel like they deserve better. And I don't want that for them. I want them to have better. And I think I've always been kind of a champion and um, someone that desires for just people in general, people that are my friends, people that are my family to just have better in life. Uh, and so I think my passion for it is really to serve people um, and to give them guidance and love them through the process. Make sure that they know that they are loved um, and make sure that they know that they're worthy. Is there something from your, your background, your childhood, your family? I mean, is there something there that gives you, because I can yeah. tell you, I, I'm not there, but when I have conversations with you, it's what you can feel the love, <laughs> yes. right? Yeah. Like yeah, I can sure. tell you're genuinely, you're very empathetic with people. I mean, mm -hmm. across the board, I've never seen a moment where I'm like, wow, she was kind of mean. You're like, you're always right there with people, right. yeah. even yeah. with tough love. Like you can tell yeah. it's, it's in love. <laughs> yeah. Um, so so what is it that's really gotten you to that point? Or yeah. is there something? Or maybe it's just haphazard. I don't know. No, I, I don't. I don't think it's haphazard. I think it's probably how I grew up. You know, I grew up pretty poor. Um, I, you know, we weren't completely destitute, but like we got our power shut off. Um, you know, we got our, you know, heat shut off. We slept in, you know, coats and stuff like that. I just feel like I understand that people struggle and it could be in so many things. It could be that they're poor. It could be that they struggle mentally. It could be that they struggle physically, all those different things. I think it's just giving me an empathy for people just struggling in general. I think that word you mentioned, empathy is everything. Um, you know, different people we relate like Stephanie are like, we could never do that what you do. Um, and people have empathy in certain ways based on their own life experiences. Um, sure. You know, I once one time had a small group and there was someone who was a recovering um, drug addict. And wow. he said, I can talk to those people because I lived it and I understand. Whereas someone like me who doesn't understand, like, just stop doing it. He's like, I can understand. And, you know, that you can be put in that place to understand. And do you think there's also like a a hole, like we all have like this hole inside that we're trying to um fix or fill with stuff you know in mm -hmm. these instances yeah absolutely i think that is when a trauma or a difficulty leaves that hole or makes that hole i should say you know people do try to fill it with things because that's what they can do you know so uh, yeah absolutely i agree with you wholeheartedly Okay, so we all agree that people are, are filling our holes with things. It means we need a way to organize our things. I want to talk about the container store for just a second because I love that store. <laughs> I do too. And I, and I want to know what holes do we need to organize our mess that we create from the holes that we have in our life? <laughs> Yeah, I think it's a phenomenal store for sure. Um, you know, obviously we're not doing a promotion for them, but I think it's a really, um, it's a really neat place to walk around. Um, my husband, every time we're in an area, like I, we travel for my son's lacrosse and we'll travel somewhere and I'm like, is there a container store I want to go just to like look around Basically, and enjoy it? <laughs> are you hoarding containers? To no. Work? No. Okay. Just check it. No. I don't 
buy them. I just like to look at them. Okay. Yeah. I, I will want, say I though, we have this big revelation now. <laughs> the organizer is hoarding containers. I am not, but okay. I will say at the container store, I found this really cool. I have been looking for years. I will actually patiently look for something. I won't just buy to buy, um, but I was looking for a cupcake and cake dome that would fit both well and i finally found one and it was at the container store so see not just you know not just bins for corralling stuff sometimes it's for food too you know it's funny i bought one of those things because i thought it'd be super helpful and then i decided to start eating healthier and now i've had this cupcake slash cake dome container in my closet for i kid you not like seven years and it's i, I could have helped you out there Preferred. Let it go. <laughs> Let it go. I'm back at the hoarders show. I, you know, yeah. um, can you share just, and I don't know at how, if you're at Liberty, but just, you know, some memorable experiences. And, and the other part of that is I'm always wondering, you said you have a show coming back, like, where are they now? So this is kind of a two part, share some experiences. And then how many of those folks actually continue on or are they in the same situation two years later? Sure. Sure, that's a really those are really good questions. Um, so I feel like the 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 hoarder show. Um, I started four seasons ago, so this is my fourth season. I'm actually we're going into our fifth season of filming. Um, but I've been doing it for four seasons now. I started actually as a support organizer on the show, and uh, they uh, asked me to then host. So now I'm the host. I'm actually responsible to uh, lead the entire cleanup of that particular um, episode that particular home or you know homes or storage areas whatever it is that they have us um work on for that particular client uh so it's been a really neat experience to be able to um help people like i said from all over the country um but also start as a support and then be able to start hosting um it's been really neat you had a second part to that um just some memorable experiences that you've had with homes you know some of your success stories and then what's the kind of ratio of those folks that go on and and continue with the yeah. skills and therapies you've shown them. Yeah, so I would say, uh, I, and this is probably maybe a little discouraging for people to hear, but 100% of the people that do not take therapy beyond the show will rehoard. It's a, it's 100%. If they, they do not take therapy, they, it's not gonna be a success. They are not gonna be able to keep it the way we gave it to them. Um, so that's really hard. I think so for me, some of the memorable moments of, um, of the show have been when that person, sometimes it's actually after a gigantic blow up, when that person is like, I'm ready, like I'm ready to let go and do this. Or those moments where they're, you know, they just have to walk through and talk through a certain um, item or a certain memory and then they're ready to let go. I think those are the really important um, moments when they, you know, when the therapist and I are able to work side by side and work through that with that person and they're able to, you know, talk through it with the therapist and then, you know, walk through it with me. Like, is it important for me to keep it because it's a memory or is it important for me to let it go because it's taking up too much space? And again, I think that goes back. There's so many commonalities with other things. And we were talking about, you know, health and fitness and so forth. It's that accountability. You said 100% of the people that just say, okay, I cleaned the house, I'm done, um, revert. So it's really, it's not just the actions that we do. It's the mental um, and accountability associated with that, 
whether it's hoarding or eating cupcakes or, mm -hmm. um, you know, um, exercising or whatever else it, you have to continue yeah. on. And it's a lifelong decision, not just up to a point. So in order yeah. to save America, we also need to get a psychiatrist or psychologist on here is what I just heard. <laughs> yes. We're not sure. going to do it with just <laughs> yeah. the lead organizer. I know. it's. I, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think it's super important to recognize there's actually, there's two parts to it, obviously the stuff, but then the, the, I think the, the heavy thing is, you know, dealing with someone that is struggling with this talking to a therapist it's actually my first question so when someone you know when i'm talking to someone and they're like i struggle with hoarding disorder i'm like but do you really like talk to me about it are you self-diagnosing or are you actually struggling with it um and if they really are struggling with it my my first question after that is do you have a therapist are you seeing someone because if you're not seeing someone then i don't think we should work together until you are so you find someone first and then we'll go ahead and work together because then the therapist and i can work together um, to help this person do it's the best have, combo do you have uh any upcoming are you working on a new season or some yeah. shows coming up that you're yeah. with us at all yeah, for sure. So in November, I filmed uh, the Where Are They Now? So the new the new show that's kind of attached, obviously, to hoarders because it's working with the people that we have worked in the past. Um, so you will see one of those in February, uh, but I have one coming up on the 22nd, um, Monday, January 22nd at 8 p.m., uh, one that I filmed in 2002 in May uh, on the West Coast. Did you say um, 2002? Uh, 2022 sorry oh okay <laughs> I was like, wow, wow 2022 i'm sorry <laughs> Boy, that one's been in the can that. for a while thank you like oh geez that's been no 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 no. i'm so sorry the show didn't even start till 2009 so <laughs> that wouldn't have even been possible but time travel in 22 thank you for calling that out <laughs> i appreciate that but yes in 2022 i filmed it and it will be coming out on january 22nd at 8 p.m on a and e it's a two-hour episode um talking with um the gentleman's name is John. That's great. Um, you know, I, I appreciate what you do. Like I say, it's, it's, I, I can't understand the situation, but I also can't understand Je Stephanie. I don't have that empathy to go in and do that, but appreciate what you do. Do you have a, I want to wait. I have one last question. Quick question. What is one tool that every person could benefit from one organization tool? I love the grid it it's um, made by cocoon. Um, and it, actually handles your wires and all that stuff uh and you can put it right into your purse or your work bag you it's know you're you're gonna die when i tell you this but i took that advice and i got one I'm you did towards, i'm working towards my second one which oh, may be an identifier for a hoarder i'm not sure no it's not but you're no. right it's phenomenal especially with all it. the cords because sometimes i'm carrying around three different devices with me can i yep. just say when you just asked that question i went on a totally different um thought when you said one tool i wasn't even thinking of a physical tool i was thinking of one piece of advice that just shows how different people think <laughs> it's true one of the best tools i ever got for work productivity an old boss used to say if you get a piece of paper at work either do it file it or throw it away that's a great tip. To hinder work productivity is leaving papers on your desk that you keep going through. So that's oh, the tool I was thinking. And then you said, like, put this grid it thing and there we go. <laughs> well, that's that's what I needed to hear is <laughs> the physical. I need to go know what to buy to make my life more organized. I'm glad I answered it the way you needed me to answer it. <laughs> yes, we all think differently. We so. do. Very true. Very true. 
Well, thank you for being on the show with us. I mean, oh, it's just so absolutely inspiring. I am now ready to go throw out all of my papers and my husband will be thanking you later. How about <laughs> your clothing and shoes? Not there yet. Not there yet. You can always hire a professional. I know a good one. I'll help her. I'll help her. <laughs> there you go. Kathy can help you too. I don't know, oh. Kathy. I, you have no, not much. No, it's got to be know. you, Carolina. I'm sorry. I stumped in a place. I don't know what I speak. No. <laughs> no Carolina is tough to work with. <laughs> Loving. But she's like, we yeah. don't, we don't need this. Okay. We're going to, we're going to get rid of it. Let it go. go. <laughs> Y'all need a Carolina yes. in our life to like yeah. be truthful been... and direct. Recently, I've been called a loving drill sergeant. I'll take yes. it. Yes. <laughs> you know what? I think that describes you perfectly. Yeah, I, that's yeah. a good word. When I was watching one of your shows, I'm like, oh, that hurt. But <laughs> it was in a loving way. I think mm -hmm. that's a great way to describe it. Mm -hmm. if, I think because I care, people recognize that it's not me being mean. It's me being honest, but loving you through it for sure. So thank you for having me on. It's been so much fun. <laughs> thank yeah. you. So, Kathy, what are you going to go home and like, did you take anything away? Is there something you're going to implement when you get home today or no. tomorrow? No, I, I, um, I learned a lot. And I think the thing that is mentioned, like that basement has been driving me nuts. And we took a steps into it and I bought a back box of 15 trash bags. And I said, the goal is to fill these and send them out to the curb. You know, um, I'm, I hoard, not hoard, but I, you know, keep little piles of books, cookbooks and papers and stuff Yes, and need to, um, go, you know, really the big thing is start simple. And that's with everything we've been talking about. And we talk about everything, you know, regardless of the topic, do what you can in the way that you can do it versus getting overwhelmed before you start. And um, regardless of the topic or the situation, and we try to bring different things uh, because it's such a, a challenging time, but wherever you are and whatever you can do, the key is to stand up, step forward and speak out.